Hello, and welcome back to the Full Out Podcast. It's Sam, your host. I am so happy you are here. We are diving into an incredible question, how to break through giving a fuck. How did you break through? I don't give a fuck. It was a question I got on Instagram, and I thought it was an incredible topic. So let's dive in. First, I want to talk about how do we get stuck when we give a fuck? And this was an amazing question from someone on Instagram. So I just want to shout out. Thank you guys for sending me DMs, letting me know what you're working through, because I think it really serves the entire full out community. And so the ways that we limit ourselves when we're stuck worrying about what other people think is really important. So the ways in which I have stopped myself in the past, I have followed through in a marriage that I kind of knew deep down wasn't meant for me, but I went through it anyway because I cared. I cared what people thought. I cared about what I thought I should quote unquote be doing. So that's a very extreme example, but some other smaller examples might be you're not putting yourself out there on social media. You're not putting your business out there on social media, or you're not posting the picture that you're really proud of on social media because you're afraid of what your cousin's going to think, or you're afraid of what your parents are going to say. You're afraid of getting judgment. Um, some other examples are not breaking up with a person, not starting a relationship, not going for the thing, not wearing the clothes, not doing the hairstyle, not taking the class, not doing the things that you want to do because you are concerned about what other people think. And so I want you to think about in your life, where are you giving a fuck and how is it holding you back? So we need to know where we're being held back and we need to get to the point where the discomfort is so strong that we're willing to make a shift. Most people will not make a shift because the discomfort is not as bad as doing the thing and taking the risk. So If you are still giving a fuck, if you still care, it's okay. And I want to talk about why we give a fuck. Why do we care so much? And there's three different lenses I want to look at. Number one is from a societal lens. Number two is an ego lens. And number three is a historical lens. So the societal lens is really, we want to be accepted. As humans, we want to be accepted. We want to be loved by our parents. We want to be accepted by our friend group. We want to have that from like a personal level here. It's like, yeah, we all want to be friends. Yes, we want to be called to go out to the barbecue. We want to be called to go out to the social event. But it comes back to an ego level. We as tribal beings, as human beings, this ancient part of us knows and was developed to keep us safe. When we stay with the tribe, when we fit the mold, when we follow the status quo, it keeps us safe. And if you've heard me train before, you know I talk about this. We don't have saber-toothed tigers anymore. But what used to happen is if you were ostracized from the community, so if you decided, hey, I'm not going to give a fuck, I'm going to go do this thing that's wild and radical, and the society kicked you out, you would be alone. And when you are alone, you are more susceptible to the saber-toothed tiger. You're more susceptible to dying, essentially. And that part of your brain, it's one job is to keep you safe. It's one job is to keep you safe. And so if we look at from the societal level, 
we don't have saber tooth tigers anymore, but we have people on Instagram. We have people on Facebook. We have people judging whether we started the business or left the business or changed the business, or if we're still in a nine to five or not in a nine to five, if we're still in the relationship or not in the relationship, if we're losing five pounds or gaining 10 pounds, like people are going to judge regardless, but it's our ancient part of us that wants to keep us safe. So if we look from a different lens now, and we look from the historical lens, and we're looking at what happened thousands of years ago. The women actually used to run our society. So there were matriarchal societies where women were the wise women. Women passed down wisdom, earth magic, cyclical magic, this really incredible stuff that had us connected to the land, connected to the moon, connected to our power. And when the patriarchal society came in, when the men were like, hey, we want to have control, then what they decided to do was strip away women's power. And how did they strip away women's power? They took away their right to own land. They took away their right to make money. They made them reliant on their parents, their father, or on a spouse and a partner. What they also did was take away the wisdom of the ancient ones, of the wise women. And so when they took away all of these things, women learned that we needed to appease the male figure in our lives so that we could be safe. So I can't rock the boat with my parents because if I do and I'm shunned from my parents, then I'm left out with no money, no land, and no way to make money. Same with the partner. And so from this historical lens, even if we don't feel this from a conscious place, this is encoded into our DNA. This is encoded into maybe your past lives. So we also have this ancestral healing, this past life healing. Like I could go into a whole different side story here, right? But what I want to say, coming back to this idea of how to break through, I don't give a fuck, is we need to acknowledge really where this is rooted, and so you're not crazy if you're like, I don't want to give a fuck, but something is holding me back. It might be a current situation with a partner, with a friend, with a friend group. It might be that ego part of you that's afraid of being alone and abandoned for fear of not surviving. And it might also be this ancestral piece, this DNA encoded piece or a past life piece that has a lot of legit fear around giving a fuck. So I really want to take this big, big lens, this big view, this bird's eye view of why, why we give a fuck, why we care so deeply. And, and I really want to shed some light on it because I think a lot of women beat themselves up over, I'm still caring. I'm still not posting the thing. I'm still not saying what I want to say. I'm still not wearing what I want to wear. I'm still not doing the thing that I want to do that my soul, my heart, my body is calling me to do, but I'm not doing it yet. And I'm blocked. So I now want to talk about breaking through that block. So number one, we get to understand all of the reasons why we might have resistance. And then if we put that to the side, if we just like put that into a drawer right here to the side, I want to look at what we can actually do to move forward. So number one is get super, super clear on your vision. Like if we were to remove all the blocks, if we were to allow everything to perfectly align, if we had the magic wand, I love talking about the magic wand because it really separates us from what's holding us back. If we separate all of that, what would the vision look like? Would you be making $500,000 a year in your nine to five? Would you be 
getting the promotion to a VP level? Would you be building a six-figure business or a multiple six-figure business or a seven-figure business? Would you be having kids and working? Would you be running marathons? Would you be writing a book? Would you be serving people? Would you, what would you be doing? Like, this is the thing. What would you be doing? What is your vision? The ultimate vision if there were no handcuffs to the fear that's keeping you small. And so for a lot of people, they're like, well, I don't even know how to get there. So I, I encourage visualizations. I encourage literally going into that meditative state and saying, okay, if anything was possible and I could transport myself to this ideal vision, what would it be? Some people find it's easier to get there by writing and journaling. Some people find it's easier to get there to go on a walk and make it a vision walk. So on this walk, I'm going to be in a little bit of a meditative state, but I'm still going to be safe and aware of my surroundings. And I'm going to, I'm going to like dream it up while I'm walking. I think sometimes moving meditations are really beautiful. Sometimes people find that they get these downloads when they're driving in the car or they're in the shower because it's the one time that there's not a lot of noise. So I think creating a lot of space to create and allow this vision to come through is really important. And then once you have this vision, what I'd invite you into is what would be 10% more? If you could expand it by 10%, what would that be? What would that look like? And so you've got your vision. You've got your vision of what it would look like, what it feels like. Make sure we have like the tangible as well as what does it feel like in my body? What does it feel like in my life? What's the energy of it? So we have the practical and the energetic. And then I want to look at what is the thing I get to do? Like what is the action step? Because people talk about manifesting all the time and we can't just sit here and write our vision and expect it to happen, right? We need to know what are the practical steps I'm going to take to get there. And I want to look at those practical steps and go, okay, where am I getting stuck and where am I caring about what other people think in the action steps? So most people can actually see their vision and they're like, that's amazing. And that's not what's holding them back. It's the action step. What do I get to do? Yes, not, not have to do. What do I get to do to allow this vision to come into my world? And then I also like to say, what version of me is showing up in this vision? And am I being her? Am I actually, if I'm really honest with myself, like really honest with myself, am I being that version of, of me right now? So would that version of me care about what other people think? I mean, that alone is mind blowing. When I see myself in that vision in a year, in five years, that vision of me is so committed and so happy and so alive and so vibrant and so healthy. She doesn't give a fuck. She does not care. So that's one way is we can connect with our future version of ourselves and really adopt and borrow her belief, adopt and borrow her unfuckwithability. Like, that's so cool. It's you. It's a version of you that already exists that's happening in another timeline and you just get to collapse the timelines. How cool is that? And then when we get to, to like the nitty gritty of like, what am I more committed to? Am I more committed to this person who's going to judge me or am I more committed to having the results and the vision that I desire? And there's no shame in it. Like, can that be Okay. Can it be okay that maybe up until now, I've been more committed to having people like me than I've been more committed to my vision? And, and understanding that with, with no judgment, with no shame, with just going, okay, cool. 
Because once I can understand that, okay, I've been more committed to pleasing my mom. I've been more committed to not rocking the boat in my family. I've been more committed to staying um, in my scarcity stories. Maybe staying in my scarcity stories actually keeps me connected to my friend group. And if we can start to understand what's the underlying commitment I've been holding, then we have the ability to choose. So I'm either committed to my vision and committed to being this version of myself, or I'm more committed to my fear. I'm more committed to staying connected. I'm more committed to being small. And so when we start to really look at these questions, I think questions are really powerful. So what have I been more committed to? And then we get to start shifting that commitment. I would then also like to ask is, am I choosing from my higher self or am I choosing from my human self? Am I choosing from my divinity, from my truth, from my soul, from my bigness, from the fullest expression of myself? Or I've been choosing from my ego, from my wounded self, from my fear, from my human self. I, I've lately been shifting. I, I don't particularly love this like higher self and lower self, but I think higher self is like my connected self, my like fully alive and vibrant and like doing all the things that she gets to do my full out self. And then I've been calling the like quote unquote lower self or ego self, my human self. Cause there's nothing wrong with my human. She's human. She has fear and that's okay. So this question of, am I choosing from my higher self or my human self is a really, really powerful question when we're looking at releasing judgment and moving through taking action regardless of whether people judge me. The human self is going to choose not to do the thing because they're more concerned with the fear. The higher self is going to be more committed to the vision and to who you're meant to be. So asking yourself, what am I choosing from? Another way to phrase that is, am I choosing from fear or am I choosing from faith? Am I taking this action from fear or faith? I remember when I first started taking the pole dance classes, which has been like such a journey, by the way, side story. I just increased my level. Like I went to a pole dance two class and you guys, I was the worst person in the room. I was like a baby fucking deer. I was falling. I was, I was a mess. I can't wait to like share these videos because it's so funny. But when I think about when I first started this journey, it's been just like a year now. I remember choosing completely from fear. I wore big baggy sweatpants and a t-shirt when I went to my first pole class. I was completely choosing from fear and from my human self when I was afraid to wear like the tiny booty shorts or a thong. I remember when I finally did wear the tiny underwear and I all I was thinking was like, oh my gosh, my cellulite and like what do my legs look like and do I have pimples and stretch marks and like what are people looking at? When my higher self was like, girl, liberate your body, liberate your body, do it. And my higher self kept pulling through. So in that moment, I was more committed to my higher self and my divinity than I was committed to my fear. I still felt my fear, but I chose to liberate my body. I chose in faith to keep showing up and to follow that soul calling. You know, so I, I think that these are really like fun examples, but if I think back to like the more intense examples in my life, I think about my health choices and me choosing to not 
um, not get vaccinated and therefore get fired from my dance career that I absolutely loved. And in that moment, I could have chosen from fear and what was being shared on social media and on the news and all of the hate I was getting from my friend groups and all of the um, really tough stuff I was hearing from my employer. I could have chosen from fear But I was so committed to this calling that I felt in my higher self, my connection to source God spirit that was like, this is where you get to go for your fertility, for your, for your truth, for your body and whatever you chose to do was perfectly fine. But that was what was right for me. And it was, it was not easy. I will tell you, it was not easy because I did care what people thought. I did care that I was losing friends. I did care that I was being ostracized from my community. I did care that I was literally losing my 10-year career, my health insurance, um, the ability to have my partner see me on stage. Like I, I had started dating Carlos during the pandemic. He never saw me in my quote-unquote magic on stage at Radio City. And I cared a lot And because of all the work that I've done around releasing um, the fears of judgments with understanding that if people were judging me, it really was a reflection of them. It was a reflection of their fear. It wasn't actually about me. And this is really important to understand. When you are getting judgment, it's not about you. It's not about you. I don't know a single successful, happy person that's judging other people's choices. Like, I don't give a fuck what you're doing in your life. Like you want to eat a Big Mac and French fries and not work out and do like, cool, babe, that's your choice. That's your journey. But if I'm judging you for doing that, then that's really a reflection of me. And when we can understand that these judgments really are coming from a place of insecurity, a place of fear from these other people, then we start to care less. They start to mean less. So that's another, another quick little tool and tip here is to really go, okay, what is it that I'm afraid of? I'm afraid that my dad's going to judge me. I'm afraid that my friends aren't going to like me. I'm afraid that if I choose this thing that I'm not going to have my friends anymore. And that's that moment of like, do I want to stay friends with people that don't respect my health decisions? Do I want to stay friends with people that don't respect my relationship decisions? Do I want to stay friends with people that don't respect my business decisions? And This is where we build that muscle. You're not going to wake up one day and just like radically change your life and not give a fuck and be your most confident self and like create everything you want in a day, right? So can we like release that expectation? Because that's going to set us up to fail. Instead, can we start small? What is, like if you think about your vision and your dream, and if you were to go after it and you were to do the things, if you were to do just like 1%, what would that 1% be? Maybe it is starting with wearing the bright lipstick. You guys know I love my lipstick. Maybe that 1% is putting one post up. Maybe that 1% is starting a conversation. Maybe that 1% is taking some small, tiny action, even if you're scared, even if you're uncomfortable, even if it feels like you're going to fall down on your face. What is that 1%? And if you can start compounding that 1% day after day after day after day, you're going to be like me going to that level two pole class in my underwear and laughing at myself for falling all over the place instead of being afraid of myself, afraid of what other people think. And so I think sometimes we think we've got to do all or nothing, that it's black or white. And really life is not black or white. 
what is that 1% thing you could do? What is that 1% stretch? And I think that this is a really good way to think about it. What is the 1% stretch? What can you stretch into so that you start stretching your ability or building the muscle of not giving a fuck? Does that make sense? What is the 1% stretch? How do you work that muscle just a little bit? Like if we're going to the gym and we're picking up our dumbbells, instead of picking up the 15 pound dumbbells today, can you pick up the five pounds and start getting comfortable with the five pounds? And then each day, maybe you add a rep, maybe the next day you increase your weight so that by the end, you are lifting 25 pounds, surpassing your goal and living a life that you could not even dream of. Like what if your results are actually 10 times bigger than the vision you have right now? And that is another thing that I love saying is like this or something better, this or something better. I think another important thing that we get to really be aware of is surrounding ourselves with people that are going to cheer us on. You got to surround yourself with people that are going to cheer you on. And and that's not necessarily like an in-life thing. Like most of my friends in my community are online. Um, That's why I invest in programs for myself. I invest in mentors and masterminds because having that community across time, space, digital reality here, cheering me on, cheering you on is so important. It's why I host group programs because I believe in the power of community and celebration. I think that hiring a mentor is incredibly powerful and necessary. I've, I've had mentors for the last seven years and I believe it is one of the keys to my growth. It is something that I think is completely invaluable. I've spent, I don't know, probably hundreds of thousands of dollars at this point in support for myself, for my body, my mind, my energy, my spirit. And I really believe it is one of the keys to my success is having someone that's done it before, that has supported someone through it before and who knows what it feels like right? Like you don't want to go take advice from a homeless person about how to buy a house or how to save money. So why would I want to get support or advice from someone in my family who plays small and who actually cares about what everyone else thinks? Like they're not going to understand it. They're not going to understand it. And it's no judgment on them. It's just, they're not able to, they're not capable of it. And so getting the mentor, surrounding yourself with people who are going to cheer you on, doing that 1% stretch every day, that 1% rep, what is one more rep you can do that you can create? I think it's going to be so powerful. And then the last thing is just coming back to remembering that if people care about what you are doing, you are being the permission. They're going to judge you. They're going to hate you. They're going to rag on you. And then they're going to join you. I've seen it. I have triggered the fuck out of people in my world and they unfollow me or they leave or they get angry or whatever it is. They go do their thing and then they come back and they're like, Sam, I need to work with you. Like whatever you have right now, I want some of it. I judged you when I first saw it and now I want a piece of it. And so can you be the permission If you are listening to this, you are not here to be normal. You are not here to be one of the crowd. You do not fit in a box. You were meant to rock the boat and you get to go first. You get to go first. Because I know that the discomfort that you feel right now from giving a fuck doesn't even compare to the joy, the expansion, the happiness, the fulfillment of living the life that you were designed, you were made to live. So can you get out of this discomfort 
and, and really step into the discomfort of like, oh, I'm taking a risk. Oh, I'm stretching so that you can have what you were meant to have. That's what this is about. This is the journey of unbecoming. And we get to unbecome all that social programming, all the ego safety stories, all of the historical programming, everything that we talked about at the beginning of this, you get to unbecome, release all of that shit so that you can become who you were meant to be. You get to unbecome all of the shit that is not actually you, all the programs, all the historical stuff, all of the lineage stuff, all of the societal stuff so that you can become the woman you were meant to be. So you can have the impact you were supposed to have. So you can create the life that you were meant to live. Mm, That's the juice, my friends. That is the freaking juice. If you found this podcast episode supportive, intriguing, eye-opening, please take a screenshot, share it with a friend. Let me know what was really supportive for you. Let me know what your takeaways were. I love talking to you in the DMs. So send me a DM at Samantha Joe Harvey. Say hi, say podcast, and, and let's deep dive a little bit more. I love you so much. Thank you for being here. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Have the best day. Thank you so much for joining me. If today's podcast inspired you in any way, we would love your support in spreading the word. Please subscribe, rate, and review, and let the other queens in your life know that they are also worthy of living life full out. If you want to continue the conversation, I'd love to connect with you on Instagram or Facebook at Samantha Jo Harvey. Have a fabulous day, and I'll see you next time.